Hey, hey, kids, we're a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. <laughs> That's right, we're the podcast that explores the American animated sitcom, The Simpsons, from season 11 and beyond. Why season 11 and beyond, you ask? Well... An entity known as the Wheel of Random has trapped us and forced us to watch episodes of The Simpsons, the newest ones when they're out, and random ones when they're not. But this week we're in luck. We've got a new one. I say we because I'm an annoyed grunt boy named Steve, and with me, as always, is annoyed grunt boy... Oh, Craig. Oh, boy. (laughs) Sorry. That sounded weird. I'm just really full, you know, it's... Thanksgiving, Steve. Like we're we're doing this live on Thanksgiving here in yeah. America. Just finished our meal. It took me. It, it felt like exercises to say all that intro because yeah. I just had so much food. It took me what uh, ten hours a day in the kitchen, only to enjoy the food for five minutes, and I'm done. Yeah. Everyone's uh, on the couch now, uh, mm-hmm. falling asleep, farting from all the food. It stinks in here. <laughs> yeah, it does stink in here. Nobody cares about the football game that's on. What do you expect, Steve? No one's watching football in Qatar. We're boycotting that kind of football. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're so repressive. Yeah. Fuck FIFA. Yeah. It's horrible for any city anyways. I don't know. You world with your cup. It's weird. Yeah. We only go to the Quidditch World Cup. That's uh, Turf's not allowed. Not on our turf. But thank God uh, this holiday, we got this one out of the way this year. We just got the, just got to get through December's holidays. Mm-hmm. We're finally free of 2022 and finally looking forward to 2023. Yeah, it's going to be a great new year. That's going to be our year, Steve, the podcast year. I predict it now. I think we're, so. We're going to hit it big. We're going to be as big as uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, that's right. The irregular Alex Jones. We set our sights uh, too high, I think. Yeah. If anything, we we'll, we'll, if anything, the, I think we'll, we'll gain two listeners. Yeah, we can, I think we can make that happen. I don't know if we have to like two more than uh, we have now, but yeah, have a big ad campaign. We'll get billboards, and then once we do, we can take a drink. Oh, I like that. Which reminds me, it's time for our favorite segment. Even though we're stuffed, it's time for the <laughs> Simpsons Beer Corner. Alrighty, Craig, what have you got for us? Well, Steve, uh, I am full from all that turkey and uh, ham and salmon and trout and cattle and Mm -hmm. giraffe and squirrel and pie. Mm -hmm. Then I figure I better have a beer. Sure. So, you know, it's weird I'm going to be doing a a darker ale. You know, you figure you you probably want to do something light, you know, after all that food we ate. Of course. But I'm going with uh, one of my favorite brews, uh, Boulevard Brewing out of Kansas City, Missouri. Now, I love all their beers, but this is the Bourbon Barrel Quad Barrel Aged Ale. It's just making beer out of whiskey casks, right? Yeah. That's what you do. So it's got a 12.2% alcohol by volume with a 26 IBUs. No bitter beer face here, right? No, no. Okay. So, yes, it is a dark ale. Bourbon Barrel. There we go. Oh, wow syrupy you know how you get like a if you go to a bar or just even drinking at home alone you'll do like a beer chaser like you'll get your your whiskey then have like a beer as the chaser yeah so this if you had a glass of whiskey the whiskey would be the chaser 
Wow. That's how strong this is. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I need to I need to cleanse my palate with a just a nice glass of whiskey. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Yeah. It's so thick. Ooh. You really do taste that bourbon. Like a lot of times when I, you know, if I if the first drink I have is like a whiskey, I always have water with me so I can like wash it down, like have the sip of whiskey, then have a sip of water. Mm-hmm. To the point where, you know, then once I'm like a little lubricated, I can, you know, then I keep drinking. Yeah. Always have water with your alcohol. A cup for a cup. Usually you won't, you won't have like hangovers. Mm-hmm. I'll help you sleep better too that yeah. night. That's a good move. Drink I'm sure you're going to piss a lot, but it's better to be pissing than to be pissed on or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I could do two of these. It's a good sure. beer. It's perfect for this time of year. Dark winter, winter nights. Mm-hmm. Warms you up. Sounds delightful. Oh, it's very delightful. Wow. Whew. That's like, that's very boozy. <laughs> How about you, Steve? Okay, Craig. Well, Part of this episode has to do with uh, parties. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to connect the uh, episode. Uh, You drink beer at parties and apparently to go to parties. There you go. And one of my favorite activities of uh, going to parties is uh, bobbing for apples. You know how, (laughs) you know, you do that at parties. Yeah. Remember, we we turn 21. I'll make sure we get uh, those apples to bob in for our party. Oh, yeah. It's going to be badass. I'm going to get some golden delicious. (laughs) And also, you know. After that big meal, let's I'll eat some pie. And so this is oh, a yeah, yeah. pastry stout, not mm. a pastry stout, but a pastry stout brewed with a hefty addition of salted caramel, apple pies, freshly baked by Bean and Pie, which is a brewery. And so this is from Lumbeard Brewing out of a city, Spokane, Washington. And they paired with Bean and Pie Bakery to make a apple stout, which I've never heard of. I'm so um, intrigued. I want this. I know. I'm, I'm actually... I have no idea what this is going to be like. I got to say, it smells like apple pie. Mm. Like like it's like green apples, especially. Mm. Oh, weird. Uh, it's 11%, by the way. And it, oh, wow. That's a very interesting. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, y- you smell it and you're thinking apple pie. But it first hits your tongue and it's almost chocolatey, almost like a normal stout. But then the finish is like, it's almost like a salted caramel apple. Like those suckers, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. It's a little sweet, but it is very good. I don't know that I could do more than one, but this one is a lot of fun. It'd be fun to mix with ice cream, make it a la mode, if you will. We love to mix our beers and ice cream on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to try that. Uh, yeah. Save some it, for me, Ray. Sure, sure. I think you uh, would really like it. I, it sounds like I want to crush a couple of those. Yeah. But I think it's probably the point where like something tastes so good and then like you don't want to continue <laughs> you kill it. consuming yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for your beer. I'll have, to, I'll have to pick one up. Yeah, I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I think I would too. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Fine, it's fine. Piece uh, of shit. Well, Craig, we might be uh, having our uh, Thanksgiving fights with like family now, but last weekend, you know, we were having fun at the theater. What was the number one movie in the box office? It still continues to be forever in forever. the box office. Number one, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Very nice. I, I I said last week I'd probably would have seen it by now, and guess what, Steve? Yes. I have. Oh boy! And Your it's box. true. It's true. You got to bring a tissue box to this. Every movie I've been watching lately, I'm crying to because it's all it's all sad. Uh huh. And I think that's what this whole Phase Four of Marvel's been about—is grief. Wow. Yeah. Every of the Phase Four movies about moving on, moving on from loss. So uh, this one is very powerful. Wow. Yeah. They get you in the beginning. They get you in the end. 
but that's life. That's yeah, it's uh, kind of profound. <laughs> uh, but yeah, of course, I, I loved it. Good on movies. Where does it rank in your oh, overall Marvel? That's too hard to do these days, you know. Yeah, I guess back so. when it's it was so like many of them. When there was like just six movies, <laughs> it's like that's easy to rank. Yeah, but now there's like twenty-seven, something like that. Yeah, and then do you put the TV shows in there too? Yeah, it's a lot. <sighs> it's too much. But uh, but uh, hey hey, uh, uh, we forgot to mention. Welcome back, our old boss, Bob Iger. Hey, it's great to have you back in the helm. Welcome back, Straighten good guy. This thing out. Uh, hey, make Star Wars great again, right? Yes, that's kind of what Andor's doing. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Simpsons are are doing fine. Uh, yeah, doing yeah. fine. Uh, Steve, besides welcome back, uh, our good pal Bob. Uh, while we were coming out of the theaters, what were we uh, listening to on our? Uh, Zunes. Uh, once again, our Zunes were on full blast as they played Antihero by Taylor Swift. It's me, Ty, I'm the problem, it's me, I'm the problem, it's he, everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror, it must be exhausting, always rooting for the Antihero. How many more weeks do you think we'll get this? Uh, anti-hero i think we got some time although i was looking at the billboard hot 100 and drake and 21 savage have released an album and they kind of pulled it what taylor swift did a few weeks back because they have two three four five six seven eight nine ten or nine then not wow. ten eleven twelve on the and then 14 through 17. I'm weird. I'm not familiar with 21 Savage. I am familiar with uh, uh, 13 Savage and uh, I think 17 Savage. They're like Doctor Who's, right? Uh, yeah. Generate. Yeah. I know uh, The Garden and Randy. That's Fred. <laughs> Savages. Yeah. And Fred. Yeah. Oh, Fred, uh, Fred, Fred got canceled, Steve. Oh, yeah. That's right. Sorry. And ben, don't forget Ben, his brother. Yeah. Ben is good. You're going to ask. I'll just let you know. No, fans. I did not get Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. It's a bummer. I tried. Um, with my Capital One, they had a little deal or they had a little mm-hmm. pre-sale. I got into one thing, but then like they were offering me one ticket for six hundred dollars. Wow! I couldn't do. I try to do two tickets, and then nothing shows up. So it's like, yeah, Ticketmaster can go fuck itself. That's all. I yeah, can say. good on the T Swift fans for shutting it down for a day. I, I was looking into like all oh, this Live Nation and and Ticketmaster, and like you, know, Pearl Jam warned us in the nineties about Ticketmaster. Yeah. We didn't listen. Right. It's a it's a monopoly, and I'm glad that there's you know the government's going to get involved hopefully and break this monopoly up. You know, and I also feel like the reason why this a lot of, a lot of this happens. Is because the venues they outsourcing tickets to like 80 percent of the venues in this country mm-hmm. but is there a way to get around Ticketmaster? that's the problem i know because they have such a, ho- a hold on everything now and it sucks because like that 600 dollars ticket that i was offered would end up probably being like 900 dollars with all of the fees right exactly and it's so criminal that like because like most of my best concert experiences when i was a teenager and you know you'd save up money to go to that show and it's such a big deal so if you're seeing a band that you like or an artist that you really like when you're like 17 and you can't because the tickets are like 600 dollars, right it's just criminal what 16 year old can afford those tickets mm-hmm. like to us like shows were always like 20 dollars. yeah and then if it was like 35 well that's kind of expensive exactly like it would be weird to pay more than 50 dollars for most shows anytime yeah um, but yeah it's just weird don't get it. Don't get it. Uh, well, maybe the next time she goes on tour, it'll be different. Like, you know, the reason why she doesn't play in Portland is because there's not a venue big enough for her in Portland. It's true. So you're thinking like Seattle, there's two shows, but there's there's no Canada on the tour. So she's getting everyone from Vancouver, from BC. She's getting everyone from Idaho, Oregon and Washington State just for Seattle. So it's like two nights, the hardest ticket to get. Yeah, for sure. 
But you know what's going to happen is they're going to film the the concert and then put it on Tubi or uh, Crackle. Yeah. <laughs> the, the popular streaming sites, of course. Right. Shutter, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be able to watch that concert uh, in the comfort of our home in slippers. That's right. It'll be on Tubi or not Tubi. That <laughs> is the question. Uh, but what we can watch now is the uh, latest episode of The Simpsons, Stepbrother from the Same Planet. In it, Homer is stunned by his feelings of rage and resentment when Grandpa becomes a doting stepfather to his girlfriend's quirky young son. Lisa and Bart throw the ultimate slumber party. All right. Sounds like a hoot. Be great to watch this with your family on Thanksgiving and listen to this podcast with your family after all that food and uh, farting. <laughs> food, fart, and fun. What this stays all about. That's our new podcast shirt. The Noy Grump Boys. <laughs> food, fart, and fun. That is basically the three things that we do with our life. And uh, oh, yeah. And uh, talking about hogs. I don't think. No, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to be talking about hogs anymore, Steve. Good for you, Craig. I am proud of you. We're more mature. You know, yeah. let's make a pact. Let's not talk about dicks in this podcast. Okay. Not at all. Not one dick be mentioned, I swear. All right. Sounds good. Okay. We'll be right back. I have this dream. My daughter in law kills me for the money. She thinks I left them in the will. And we're back. Today we're talking about Stepbrother from the Same Planet, the eighth episode of the 34th season. It originally aired on November 20th, 2022. It is episode 736 in the show's run. Your nerd code is UABF22. It was written by Dan Weber, directed by Matthew Fonin. And your showrunners are Matt Selman, Carolyn Omine, and Al Jean. Good old Dan Weber. He's our uh, best friend. We know him and we love him. Two of those things are false. We know him and love him, and we're good friends with him. There's three things there. We'll, we'll, we say we love him, but we don't know him. Yeah, I mean, he could be an asshole, but I mean, he does get way, jobs. Yeah, the only way we'd find out is if uh, you tweet at him, Steve. All righty, I'll do that after the record. Okay, thank you. Uh, hey, we've reviewed, yeah, obviously a few episodes from this fella here. Uh, how about Lisa the Veterinarian from mm-hmm. uh, season 27, episode 15? We also did uh, The Last Bar Fighter, which was season 32, episode 22, and uh, Boys in the Highlands. That was last season, episode 13. And of course, who could forget our episode number 44? It's a classic, Steve. So good. It was Thanksgiving Horror from season 31, episode eight. That's one of our favorite. Hey, and uh, <laughs> today, you know, we're recording this live on Thanksgiving, of course. Of course. <laughs> I don't know how it got in your feed, you know, at midnight. Uh, but yeah, it's it's live. You know, you just finished your turkey dinner here in America with your uh, family and uh, mm-hmm. go watch Thanksgiving Horror. I mean- Watch this episode first we're talking about, then go back yeah. and watch Thanksgiving Horror with the family. Uh, but yeah, Dan, you know, we also love him from uh, some Futurama and Napoleon Dynamite, the cartoon series. I, yeah, I sure. never saw that. No. Uh, American Dad, Daria. Yeah. And, uh, who can forget uh, the good old Dracula stabber herself? <laughs> Buffy, the Dracula stabber. Yes, Buffy the Dracula stabber. And uh, also other animated uh, show from Dan Weber, of course, is Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Why don't they bring that back? That's weird. I was just going to ask you that. With all like Futurama coming back, Beavis and Butthead. uh, When you mentioned Daria, I think isn't Daria's eventually going to be coming back? Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Bring back Space Ghost. It'd be easy. You know, put it on YouTube or make it a TikTok thing. Well, and the thing is, like, you don't need much because you can do it over Zoom. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it would just be, be a lot of fun. Get all the the stars kids love these days. You know, get uh, Michelle Obama. Machine Gun Kelly. AOC. Former Senate Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi. Former cool guy Mitch McConnell. He's always a cool guy. Yeah, Space Ghost just does a 
Oh, the politicians. <laughs> yeah, you can, we can show it on C-SPAN. C-SPAN right. needs, <laughs> needs exposure, and uh, yeah. I'd, I'd still turn it on and fall asleep if it's yeah. on C-SPAN. Our podcast should be on C-SPAN. It's a little too exciting for us, but uh, <laughs> still somehow more boring. I don't know. Well, welcome back, Dan Weber, with Stepbrother from the same planet. That's right. Uh, so our episode begins, as it always does, at the Art in the Park market which allows no outside macrame. As the Simpsons walk past, horses made of old tires, hats made of old duff cans, and flowers sculpted from expired license plates, Bart notices that everything is made out of garbage. Lisa comments that upcycling is a very responsible trend in the modern maker movement, but when she finds doggy two toys made out of used retainers, she fears that the trend may be too responsible. And while I do think that the retainer is gross, who cares? It's for your dog. They'll chew on literally anything. Yeah. I don't know why you're so grossed out, Lisa. It's not like she's putting it in her mouth. Stupid Lisa upcycled garbage face. Well done. Uh, Lisa then sees her classmates, Janie and uh, Sherry O'Terry, who uh, share some harsh uh, truth with her. Hey guys, you're craft fair fans too? Oh no. We're doing a photo scavenger hunt for Francine's birthday party. We need a picture of something sad. I wonder why I wasn't invited. Because you're a party narc who ruins everybody's fun. What? When have I ever done that? You once deployed at a bouncy house because you smelled mildew? You shut down a pool party because the diving board wasn't cold? You stopped a barbecue because the fire extinguishers were expired. Okay, okay, I get it. Basically, you're a wet blanket. That's not true. She's more like a blanket that tattles and kills all joy. Ooh, that's sad. <laughs> Who's Francine? That's what I was wondering, too. Okay. I know oh. in the animated show Arthur, there's a Francine Frensky. So Wait, maybe they're. Is Francine Lisa's bully? Oh, you're right. The redheaded girl who's tough, I think. Uh, yeah, Francine Rainquest, voiced by Kathy Griffin. Huh. Oh, yeah. Right. With the pheromones and all of that. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm pretty sure we've review that episode right that was uh yeah. bye bye nerdy i think so a very early episode yeah if i remember we're not fans of that episode i don't think so yeah <sighs> kathy griffin jeez i sure hope uh matt graining a bander after this episode yeah. twitter's dumb um <laughs> i don't want to sound like an adult but the things that they're calling out lisa for kind of seemed valid like i guess mildew mildew in the uh, bouncy house I mean, that's just gross. Yeah, well, I wouldn't want that. Um, a diving board to code. I mean, that just makes sense because you don't want somebody to like jump and then die. Not if it snaps and like they break their neck somehow. Exactly. And then the fire extinguishers. I mean, it's a barbecue. There's open flames. You don't want to burn the house down. Well, why are they barbecuing in the house? Because they're kids and they don't know any better. <laughs> I mean, if you got a lid for that barbecue grill, I think you're okay. Probably, yeah. Was it for a charcoal grill? I, I'm not, I'm not yeah, I mean, concerned. Yeah, I mean, if it was propane, then... Gotta get Hank Hill involved. Yeah, he knows about propane and propane accessories. Mm-hmm. And that boy being wrong. All right. So at the uh, woodworker's booth, Marge finds a beautiful wooden box. The craftsman who made the box tells Marge that she'll also need his wood polish. <laughs> which, of course, is his blend of uh, secret ingredients, including carnauba wax, which isn't so secret. Uh, the man then takes a moment to explain to the, the box that uh, it's going home with Marge. Marge uh, points out the odd behavior to Homer, but he's distracted by an older fellow wearing a drug rug and sporting a man bun. <laughs> You've been, as of late, like many markets, farmer markets, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's just, there's always that person, or a couple times, everyone at the booth with all the cutting boards and mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, they're cool, but they're, oh, I can't afford them, Steve. They're like $300. Yeah, it's markets are weird. I've been going to them uh, just for the listener that uh, my wife is a candle maker. Go ahead. Give a free plug. It's a borough home 
B-O-R-O-U-G-H, home.com. But she has been selling in um, various markets. There's a lot of crafty people like we're seeing here. But yeah, you're right. There's like people selling candy for like 50 cents. And then they'll be like, I make knives that are $3,000. <laughs> and you really like, want no middle yeah. ground. It's like, I, I want one of those cutting boards. And I know it takes time and craftsmanship, but man. Mm-hmm. But then also be too afraid to use them as a cutting board because it's like a lot of them are very aesthetically pleasing looking like you don't is it just a decoration or can i actually use this cut this i don't know yeah i know it doesn't seem like you should so then i just go to a home goods store and buy a cutting board for ten dollars and call it good yeah i just use a counter space it's fine you should just drop everything on the floor and cut the floor yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> throw the knife to the ground see what happens yeah barefoot mm-hmm. naked erection barefoot naked erection someone would be behind that barefoot naked erection can create a new hip-hop song yep barefoot naked erection like more not hip hop, maybe more like a Devo type. New yeah, wave yeah, sound. A little new wavy. Yeah. We need a little uh, sound mixer to uh, repeat and mm-hmm. loop it. Loop it. Yeah. If only we were professionally recorded on. If only. If only. Um. Back to the Simpsons. Oh yeah. Uh. There's the the guy with the man bun. As I looked in my head and untangled mine. Um. Homer <laughs> jokes that that pathetic old dude thinks uh, death won't find him if he has his freaky hair lump. Is that how you would you say to me when you see my long hair? Yeah. Look at that freaky <laughs> hair lump. I was gonna make a pubic hair joke there, but I'll let the <laughs> listener decide on that one. Um. Homer then learns that the owner of the stupid bun is none other than his own father. Whoa. Yeah, he was the jizz of yore. Homer was. The jizz of yore. Yeah. Uh, Abe Simpson, everyone's favorite Simpson. And Steve, you know what? He's with a woman. Let's let's hear what's going on. Okay. Homer, Marge, you finally get to meet my special lady. This is Blythe. Special lady since when? Oh, oh, it's been almost six months. And we're just hearing about it now? What do you mean? I left you tons of messages. I thought those were all butt dials. Homer, I've met someone. I'm in love. Blythe and I are getting serious. I fell out of the senior van and I'm lost. How did you two meet? I was hired by the retirement castle to cleanse auras with a therapeutic sound bath. But I don't want inner peace. <laughs> But when she started gonging her gongs, it felt like I stuck my tongue in love's power outlet. That's Carol Kane. From the movies? From the movies. The cinema? The cinema and the small screen. Many screens, many venues to witness the lovely Carol Kane. Steve, what's your favorite uh, Kane project? This is probably not going to be the most popular opinion, but I really liked her in... Oh, man, that's tough, though. I was going to say Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, because she was great in that. Very great. Yeah, that's not... Yeah, that's one of her yeah. most recent endearing roles. But she's also great on Taxi and The Princess Bride. Yeah. And, Craig, did you know that she's going to be in a Star Trek? Yes, I do know that. Yeah, um, Strange New Worlds. It's a really good show. Uh, she hasn't been in the episode yet, but... Um... She's going to be the chief engineer of the Enterprise. Wow. Before Scotty. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, she'll probably just be playing that Carol Kane-esque character. I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, my favorite performance, I still love her in Scrooged as yeah. uh, the Ghost of Christmas present. But yeah, everything that you said. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was in Adam's Family Values. Oh, yeah. She's done so much good work. A lot of voiceover stuff. I mean, she's got that distinct voice, so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to show my cards, but... I feel like, uh, as much as I love Carol Kane, I feel like she's a little underused in this episode. Yeah, I don't think I disagree with you on that. So, you know, the, in that clip, they were doing the uh, 
sound bath. Mm-hmm. Have, you ever, have you ever had a sound bath? I have not. I almost did. Yeah. There's my story. So I went to, when I was in California this summer, I went to a spa theme park, essentially. <laughs> uh, it's called Glen Ivy Hot Springs, but it's it's just like a bunch of pools and hot springs, sauna, you know, that sort of thing. But it's like for adults. It's like the chillest water park ever. Yes, yes. There's no rides, but you get, you know, a lot of chilling around and drinking expensive drinks, but damn, were they good. Mm-hmm. And so we went there and they would do sound baths like they were scheduled and so we were like oh man the 730 sound bath we better get to there and it's like 732 and all of the area was packed and like they're not letting anyone else in so it's like wow it was apparently that popular like we couldn't like two minutes late <laughs> like oh geez huh. so skip that that's fine because i just had much more, i had more fun sitting in the water plus it was like really hot that day in california so like i just want to chill in the water yeah that does sound nice although I wonder how it feels to be in a in a sound bath. Like it sounds like it could be like transcendent. Yeah, they say it's nice. So, hmm. but yeah, they just play those little bowls, and you just kind of like sit there, like just let the sounds vibrate your body. I guess. Wow, it's funny. Like you, your your trip. This your story of this trip makes it sound like like a, a like a small town Hicks version of what they think California is. Of like. <laughs> You go to a spa and you have a sound <laughs> bath. It's all woo woo, putting the la la in la la land. Uh, yeah, we were the classiest people there too. That's all I gotta say. It's not like caters to like highfalutin people. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's because it's pretty affordable. So it's just like it is just a bunch of hicks going there, like we're in the water with no kids, splashing, <laughs> splashing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Blythe continues the tale of how she and Abe met, describing something inside of him that she was drawn to. Abe explains that that it was uh, the bullet that he fired into his foot during the war to get out of KP duty. Abe doesn't want to waste any more time, so he's moving in with Blythe. So Abe has finally found his true love, and Homer finally won't have to pay for his retirement home. Do you know what a KP duty is? Is it kitchen patrol? It is. Okay. Or kitchen police, but yeah. (laughs) So he just didn't want to work in the kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) So he shot shot himself in the foot. Very funny joke. Also, Kitchen Police sounds like a failed animated sitcom from the 90s. <laughs> it's uh, Gordon Ramsay. He just bought yeah, the animation yeah, for me. He's like, I've developed being an... Remember, remember in the uh, 90s, there was the cartoon with Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, and yeah. uh, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. So now it could be Gordon Ramsay with Bobby Flay and like Giada Di Laurentiis. not Mario Batali. No, not Mario Batali, but like... He can be a villain. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay and uh, G- Giada and... Mm-hmm. Let's throw in, um, give it, throw Emerald a bone. You haven't heard from him. Yeah, oh, Emerald. Yeah, <laughs> they're all uh, fighting crimes in kitchens, <laughs> solving mysteries in kitchens too. Like, where's all the fennel seed at? <laughs> I would so watch the show. Sounds great. <laughs> but you remember how like all those shows had bookends with the actual <laughs> actor, like you know, like Back to the Future did it with yeah, the actual yeah. Doc or uh, Christopher Lloyd or. I think there was, was there bookends with Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and Bo Jackson. Yeah, I think, I think so. The I think it was like, like, yeah. Yeah, they teach some lesson. Yeah. So there'd be like a little lesson of like how, like to teach kids how to cook something, like a quick, simple, you know, like, no, that's like pancakes or make the perfect pancakes. This is a great show. I would watch the hell out of this show. Now, I don't know if Gore, yeah, we'd have to pick like the three chefs. Like you have to yeah. have obviously like well known and diversity. Yeah. I feel like Gordon Ramsay should be like the bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, well, there should be a you, character that's like Gord, like Gordon Ramsay, be like Gordo Dramsey or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely have like a cast of villains. You have your Mario Batali, your yeah. Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> we'll call him the the Croc Chef. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, you could have appearances by like Alton Brown. He could be like their like oh, their Q. Oh. 
or like <laughs> their great one. Yes, like their the, tech person. Oh, I like that part. Okay, definitely hire him for that one. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Yeah, but they think... they travel the globe because mm-hmm. they also like have to go to different kitchens throughout the world to learn right. other different ethnicities' foods. Yeah. So you get a well-rounded education on food. So this is going to educational food shows as well. Yeah, I think so. And then like the ghost of Anthony Bourdain can speak down to them. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the ghost of uh, a Julia Child, maybe. Oh yeah, <laughs> she didn't die of sadness like Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> oh, Guy Fieri can be on it too. Oh, oh for man. sure. Yeah, we could save him for a couple seasons and make him like the Poochie. He'll drive the van, but like is a cool yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. He's the driver. Yeah, they have a cool kitchen police van yeah. with flames on the side. It just kind of looks like looks like him if he were a van. Okay, so maybe more like uh, seven people. Like the Justice League has seven like basic yeah. members, right? So it's gonna be like the guy Fieri, Alton Brown as the, mm-hmm. the techie nerdy guy. Yeah, who's the guy from Iron Chef? There's a lot of guys from Iron like Chef. Like Miyamoto. Sure, like the definitive. Yeah, just because we need some not white people. There's an episode they go to the south and it's uh, uh what's her name? Jesus Paula Dean is there. Paula Dean, yeah, they have to kill her. <laughs> yeah. She slips on a stick of butter and dies. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a little graphic too. Yeah. Like they also murder the uh, problematic people. Like Mario Batelli will be a villain, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gordon Ramsay's not a villain, but he'll, I mean, he'll be there, but he's like the, uh, he's the cool, like the cool character in the team. Like he's yeah. the Raphael, like if it was a Teenage Mutant Turtles. Yeah, gotcha. He's like rude, but, but, a, but a good dude. But a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So he he's on the, the A team, not the A team, but the core <laughs> team there. Yeah. Uh, and Bobby Flay, it, he would be like kind of like the Fred, like of the of the, the Scooby Doo. Yeah. Kind of dorky, wholesome. The Cyclops as a group. Yeah. Would like Wolfgang Puck be kind of like an Obi Wan? They would go meet him every yeah, once in a while. Yeah, he'd be good. Yeah. Like he's like the brain, like the wisdom. Yeah. I would use I, I would use Emerald, but he won't be part of the team. He is like you'd meet yeah. him. Oh, Rachel Ray could be part of it, maybe. Sure. Yeah. But maybe Julia Child is like a ghost, like a spirit ghost. Yeah. Ina Garten's pretty popular. I like her. Oh, yeah. Barefoot Contessa. Carla Hall. She, we, we, you know, we could put her in there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to make it a complete one to one to like Avengers or anything. But it'd be funny if Ina Garten uh, hulked out. I don't know why. Just she's already barefoot. So <laughs> yeah. I don't like Robert Irvine. He could be like a villain. Yeah, I agree. I don't like him either. Morimoto, like you said, I think we'd, he'd be part of it. What about uh, Cake Boss? Cake Boss. I see him as like a minor villain. Jamie Oliver, if they go to go overseas. Oh, yeah, that's good. Duff Goldman. Yeah, he could fight Cake Boss because they're both yeah. cake guys. Yeah, that's good. Cat Cora. Hmm. Hmm. We just need a little bit more diversity here. Yeah. I guess that's why. That's why I'm I think it's the Food Network's problem, not ours. <laughs> that's why Carl Hall's going to be in it. Oh, oh, no. You know who I like? Um, Who's that? Padma Lakshmi. Oh, yeah. She's great. That's yeah. a great call. I like that a lot. Um, there's cooking <laughs> oh, Ma- with... Man- uh, Manette. Uh... Manette uh, Chow Chan. Yeah, her. Yeah, that's a good call. Another one. Oh, God. What's your name? Uh, Sola Oweli. Don't know where she's from, but she's a really good book. So Alton Brown, he'll have an assistant too, and that'll be uh, Ted Allen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this this uh, this show's turned out great. Uh, welcome to the Food Network cartoon show. Yeah, Cartoon Police. Cartoon oh, Is that what it is now? Yeah, Cartoon Police. <laughs> Kitchen Police. What can I call Kitchen you? Police. <laughs> yeah. Kitchen Crime Stoppers. Kitchen Crime Stoppers, Because yeah. they go to the kitchens like, you know, like, I don't have two cups of sugar for this cake. I better put two cups of salt. It's white. It'll probably be the same thing. And they come yeah. in and stop. And then they, they, they teach you kids how. Yeah. But also it would be like, funny. yeah, just because it's white doesn't mean it's right. That's a good lesson to learn. 
I don't want to give all the uh, all of our secrets away, so they somebody steals our wonderful idea. All right, we'll go back to talking what we're supposed to be talking about. That's The Simpsons. Um, yeah. So back <laughs> in the scene, uh, Homer and Marge visit a Blitz home, which is uh, garishly decorated with lawn gnomes, Buddhist statues, and so many chimes. Who is she? A bank account company? <laughs> dumb and march comments that blith won't uh, miss any wind you because know, all those chimes mm-hmm. so inside the house homer and marge learn that blith is also a parent a parent to what a child oh okay oh this is my son calvin felicitous greetings on the state you that's how this one guy talk in star trek when they went to a shakespeare planet it's how i'm saying hello these days oh uh hello it's to you what a charmer how old is calvin 11 hmm so you had him when you were... Oh, he's adapted. Cute kid, but man, my dad's gonna eat him alive. Hey, there's my guy! Happy! <laughs> he never gave me uppies. So when Marge asks how old he is and he's 11, and then asks mm-hmm. Blith, so she must have had, you must have had him when you were, and he, she says, oh, he was adopted. Yeah. Is she saying that to get away from like how old she is? That's or what I assumed, she, yeah. So she did have, like that's her actual kid, not he wasn't adopted. I mean, no, I, I took it to mean that she was, he was adopted, but Marge was asking to figure out how old. And she's just saying he was adopted to show like, don't worry, my I am that old, but I, I adopted him. So makes- he is adopted. Yes, I would assume so. Is there a, a, a an age limit to as an adult that you can't adopt? I don't know. If you're 80 years old and you adopt a kid, like that's probably not a good idea. That's true. That's very irresponsible. There has to be a uh, adopt an age limit for the adoptee. If there aren't age limits on presidents, why would there be for adoptees? <laughs> that's true. <sighs> uh, but that's uh, Melissa McCarthy as Calvin there. And according to one website, I don't know if this is true or not, but she's evidently the first female guest star to voice a male character. Huh. I mean, there's been, what, 34 years? Uh, let me think here. I believe that website. I believe every website, so. That's As you I'm should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then Calvin references, what, Shakespeare mm-hmm. uh, or Star Trek Shakespeare Planet? I don't think they ever went to, like, a Shakespeare Planet. No. There was one where the there was a an, an acting troupe beamed aboard the Enterprise and, like, put on Shakespeare for the crew of the Enterprise. That's fun. Yeah, it was fun. Like, who wouldn't love that episode? Actually, it's a pretty good episode. Anything from the first season of Star Trek is good. And then it just goes downhill. Uh, so there are, what, three seasons total? Three seasons, like 79 episodes, yeah. And so the first first batch are good and the rest not so Yeah, much. Like season three is, like, there's, like, five good episodes in season three, and that's about it. Hmm. Wow. If that, yeah. Got all the good stuff out of the beginning. It's unlike the uh, later shows where the first couple seasons aren't good and then they get the good stuff out later in the show's run. Mm-hmm. So what I'm, all I'm saying, Steve, is uh, we're at 199 episodes. What I'm saying is 199 <laughs> more. We might get better. We might get too good. <laughs> Jeez, do you think we'll get 200 more episodes? I mean, probably. <laughs> what else are we going to do? Well, I mean, probably die from... Uh, global warming oh that's true we won't have any electricity to power it so hey there you go yeah there's a silver lining oh that playbook was right silver thanks j-law you're welcome robert de niro was in that and movie bradley cooper that's his name that's what i was thinking of bradley <laughs> cooper. i was gonna say bradley whitford for some reason like bradley whitford what a made for a better movie <laughs> I say put anything with Bradley Whitford in it. Yeah, he's great. He'd be great if he was in uh, Get Out. Again, yeah. Yeah, he'd be great um, if he was on uh, West Wing. Or if he was the bad guy in Billy Madison. 
Uh, best part of that movie, I think. I think so, yeah. yeah. I just want to mention that Calvin looks like, like an Archie comic drawing of a nerd. And maybe I just have Archie on my mind because he has a Jughead hat. Cute's not the word I'm looking for, but... Uh, yeah. Because he's got like the little bow tie. But yeah, just like a, a character of a, of a comic book. Right. Or like uh, that kid, that movie with uh, Gilbert Gottfried and the little redheaded kid. Aladdin. Problem Child. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he looks like Problem Child Kid. But with uh, without the red hair. Yeah. And you'd think uh, Lisa would have kind of a crush on him because he's kind of a dork. Yeah. It's also interesting because he's 11. So he's he just seems a little, I don't know, immature or small for his age, given like Bart and Lisa's references of what eight and ten are. Hmm. But well, I don't know. he was adopted. You know what they say about adopted kids? Got a second chance in life. Yeah. Uh, so Blythe, Homer, and Marge sit at the dining room table as Abe and Calvin prepare dinner. In the kitchen, the old man and the young boy call each other chef while adding the uh, final sweep of balsamic to complete the perfect plating. Homer, clearly jealous, uh, complains that his water glass has not been refilled and that this restaurant would receive zero Michelin tires. It works. That joke for the Michelin tires kind of, does kind of work because Michelin tires is... They did create the Michelin star system for restaurants. That's right. Yeah. But he's not wrong. No, but it is. It is a funny joke, though, still. Like when I found out that the Michelin star rating and the Michelin tires were the same entity, I was like, wait, one's just a tire. And like we're, we're concerned for this Michelin star system. Like it's like this yeah. BL end. I'm like, oh, no, it's just something they created to sell cars and to, or to sell tires because you had to travel. Like this is a Michelin rated restaurant because you got to drive there. Right. It's basically a AAA recommendation. Yeah. It's weird. I think really it's weird. weird. I think it's funny. I also like, uh, do you think Abe and Calvin are watching the bear because he keep calling each other chef? That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. I thought that was really cute. Or I guess like chop. They always say, yes, yeah, chef. Mm-hmm. I like the bear. Uh, a lot of kitchens now say herd a hmm. lot. Like when you say something and they just agree with oh, you. Oh, I thought they were calling like the customers. The herd is here. Oh, that makes sense too. That's funny. <laughs> That's fine because you want an acknowledgement. Right. The nod's and... not going to do it. Like, okay. Like, I like it. Yeah. It's clean. It's fast. It's easy. Steve, we need those potatoes boiled in 10 minutes. Herd. Craig, what was the last name of that woman who shit the bed? Amber. Heard. Um, Abe and Calvin offer their guests uh, roasted chicken with apricot and fennel and are eager to get feedback from, on the first bites. Uh, Homer can't find the fennel, so he feels that the meal is a fail. Marge tells him not to be rude when he shrieks at the sight of what he calls a shelf rat. As Calvin explains, it's actually a scurridae or squirrel that has been stuffed and posed on a branch. Uh, now, Craig, you're a big squirrel guy. How do you feel about a taxidermied squirrel? Uh, you can say I'm a, I'm a nut. <laughs> yeah. Without saying it, because I know you at the end of this episode, you're probably going to give me a gift. And you're probably going to give me a taxidermied squirrel, aren't you? Uh, maybe, but we'll see. Uh, well, if you haven't bought it yet, uh, don't bother. Okay. I don't I don't like taxidermied animals or, or yeah. people. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, it's fine if you guys like that. That's your thing. Just, I'm just yeah, never totally. a fan. Yeah, it's not for me either. No. So it's a squirrel, and uh, Homer doesn't appreciate the dead animal, staring into his soul like he knows his sins. And not only does Calvin uh, do taxidermy, but he's a rising star in the field, taking classes with adults. So Homer knows his sins. Do you think he knows his costs too? <laughs> Maybe even his cosines. His tangent? You'd think we'd know what a tangent is. <laughs> <sighs> so I'm watching this episode, and I'm thinking like... Because I watched a couple movies this weekend. I felt great because I've predicted all three endings. Mm -hmm. And uh, I felt I was like, oh, I'm on a roll. I'm going to predict this. I think they're purposely going to be drugging A because Calvin's like ultimate goal is to have a taxidermic human. 
Oh, wow. And he, he went to this dark place. Like, so they're going to try to kill Abe so he can taxidermy Abe. And then like Homer's going to have to stop him and Blith. And so then the, it ends with him going to jail. Like, that's just what I was thinking in my head. And nobody like, believes Homer. Yeah. That's a great episode. That's where I was going with this. I'm like, it's very dark, but it's a lot yeah, of fun. Maybe if it was a uh, Treehouse of Horror, it, it'd be fine. But in the yeah. actual episode, <laughs> like I, I figured Blith was going to like, her wig was gonna come off and and like they were both like adults and they weren't kids they were just like he was a yeah. little person <laughs> and they were just grifters i don't know they... that makes a lot of sense i could definitely see that episode happening <laughs> very dark very dark i like it but maybe it is i mean we haven't finished watching it so yeah let's, we don't uh, know let's, uh, let's continue uh abe proudly points out that uh, you can't even see the tire marks on the squirrel anymore uh just then calvin's watch alerts him that it's time for abe to take his glocky droops which are uh, eye drops for his to treat his glaucoma. Abe groans that they make him blinder than an umpire in a mine shaft. So an umpire, like for for baseball. Mm-hmm. Do you like baseball, Steve? Um, uh, baseball's fine. I like it. The crack of the bat, the war of the crowd, <laughs> foul ball, the peanuts, the cracker jacks, the stretching. It's it's all it's all so beautiful. This is where I, I was also thinking, like, oh, those eye drops aren't real eye drops. They're like slowly poisoning Abe, killing him. Uh-huh. Anyway, so Calvin administers the drops into Abe's, eye, Abe's eyes. Uh, they both say rain, rain, and then say windshield wipers, which is Grandpa's cue to close his eyes, uh, his very dilated eyes, by the way. And uh, after Calvin wipes away Abe's tears, Abe tries to feed his new stepson, but uh, he accidentally feeds the chestnut stuffing to the thermostat. <laughs> um, damn uh, glocky drops, Steve. Damn those glocky drops. Um, at the Springfield Retirement Castle, Bart and Lisa visit the reception desk to retrieve Abe's denture cup. Uh, so Bart plays with the reception sign, which is a nice little touch. He just kind of picks up the sign and plays with it a little bit. He asks if there's a lost and found. The man behind the counter is surprised to learn that Abe has moved out, especially since his room is paid up for the next two weeks. So uh, Bart backtracks, saying that Abe is still using the room, using it like crazy. He then grabs Lisa by the arm, and they check out Abe's former home. We own this place for two whole weeks. We could take a shower in a chair, flush the toilet a million times. Interesting. Oh, you're going to tell Mom and Dad about this, aren't you? Nope. This is one whistle I'm not going to blow. Instead, what if we used this room to throw the greatest slumber party ever? No rules, no limits, and dare I say it, no slumbering. Tell me more. Showering with a chair. That's the dream, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Sounds amazing. Only if that chair was also a toilet. No one likes my idea of just shower toilet. Just put them all in one together. Yeah, it's all it's all good. It's all pipes and holes. No, one, no yeah. need to worry. Sound like a shirt back at an orgy. It's all pipes and holes. No need to worry. How many orgies have you been to this weekend, Steve? This weekend? Oh, you still you still have to count? It's just it's so hard to keep track. I've, no, I don't I don't do the orgies in the some in the wintertime. I I bulk up for the winter, so I don't wanna I don't want all the naked gross people to see yeah. my naked gross body. You trim down the spring, shave off all the body hair, then you go to the orgies in the summer. Exactly. Welcome to Orgy Talk with Stephen Craig, which if you see us at your orgy, don't walk away. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> uh, He's come back. <laughs> oh, so I also like um, in this in the clip of Lisa being a little bit rebellious. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I mean, this is they set it up really well that uh, she's you know a party arc and she's going to prove to her friends that uh, or her acquaintances that she's cool. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Lisa doing this. No, I think it's a good plan and it's it's innovative too. It's harmless enough, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Or so we think. Eh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> the old people won't give a shit because they won't hear anything. It's true. They're all deaf. All right. Well, back at 742 Evergreen Terrace, Homer puts down his newspaper to remark that Calvin isn't a great cook. And there's a, such a thing as a chicken being too tender and juicy. And Marge is uh, too enthralled how much her wood is uh, loving that Carnuba wood polish to uh, respond to Homer. So he goes on to question Calvin's taxidermy hobby, saying that a dead animal should be poked with a stick. End of story. But then Marge wonders why Homer's so obsessed with Calvin. He's been complaining about him for the past three days. Homer also feels that uh, Calvin asking to be excused is a sign of a guilty conscience. So then Homer uh, goes on to make another point, but finds that his tongue is swollen up. Uh, Marge then lifts his shirt to expose a rash in the, the A-shape of the, the seat there. Yikes. Ugh. Uh, so Marcia discovers that Homer is allergic to the uh, Carnuba wa- uh, wood polish. So Homer begs her to stop using it, but it's too late as she's already rubbed it into the floors, the windows, and every other wood surface in the house. It'll take weeks for the polish to dissipate, and Homer wonders where he should go to, you know, breathe. He then, reluctantly, goes to the home of Blythe and Abe, where he'll share a bedroom with Calvin. The young boy is putting uh, glow-in-the-dark stickers on the wall, and he offers Homer the chance to distribute the other half of the stars, since they're kind of like brothers now. Homer scoffs at this, saying that he is a grown man, but then feels slighted when he sees barely a third of the stars left in the bag. At bedtime, Abe reads Calvin a Harry Potter chapter, fluffs his pillow, and turns the scary German puppet on Calvin's shelf to face the wall. Abe then kisses Calvin on the forehead while stepping on Homer's head. After the lights are out, Calvin invites Homer to play a little uh, guessing game. What? No, no, I don't want to do it. Are you sure? Come on. Do I have to? Do I have to? Okay. Uh, uh, you know, uh, can we go back to the Carnuba wood polish real quick? Sure. Do, we, do I really have to say? No, I, I want to get beyond that kind of stuff. Okay. okay. Sorry. Uh, our producer said, I, just, I have to read this. Hey, Steve. Yeah, Craig. That Carnuba wood polish, if it's growing everywhere on Homer's body because he's allergic to it. Do you think he's put that wood polish on his hog to make his hog bigger? Come on, I didn't... Craig, yeah. I'm disappointed in you. Look, our producer back there wanted to make sure I get a hog penis joke in this week. So, All right. There it is. It was tight, but you got it in. But with that wood polish on his hog, can he get it in Marge? That's right. Mm-hmm. I like all shapes and sizes of wood in me. What have we sunk to, Steve? What have we sunk to? Anyways, uh, let's go back to uh, Homer and uh, Calvin sleeping together, okay? Sounds much more wholesome. Psst. Homer, want to play 20 questions? Okay, question number one. Shut up. <laughs> You're funny. We should go out on our bikes tomorrow. I know this place by the nuclear plant that has the best jumps. Oh, wait, did you bring your bike? I don't have a bike. I have a car, and I don't play at the nuclear plant. I work there because I am a grown-up. Abe says I'm mature for my age. When we check in at a restaurant, he gives the host my name, so I'm practically a grown-up, too. No, you're not. You're a pants-wetting baby. That is patently untrue. I have excellent bladder control. If anything, I hold it in too long. Pants-wetting baby! Stop lying! You threw that zipper first! My orrery! A gas giant! I'll give you a gas giant! Stop squirming and let me fart on your head! I know Calvin said my outer ring, but I swear she said my ovary, which goes back to that my favorite Simpsons joke when Bart's like, oh, my ovaries. It's oh, really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I use that all the time when I don't feel good. I'm like, oh, my ovaries. 
Or am I not allowed to make that joke anymore? I don't know. Hmm. It's an interesting point. I mean, as I identify as a man, so me saying my ovaries, the joke is because men don't have ovaries. Right. But if you're a woman, identifying a woman, you know what? I'm not going to bring this up. Probably for the best. Thank Um, you. Speaking of female genitalia and Melissa McCarthy, though, <laughs> I've ever pitched you my bad idea for a bad comedy uh, horror movie. Uh, I, is it the Melissa McCarthy vagina movie? <laughs> kind of. Um, okay. So she's a werewolf, but only when she gets her period. I don't know if a man should be writing this story, Steve. Nobody should be writing this. It's a okay. horrible idea, but I don't know why, but it sticks in my head like a, like a song. <laughs> <laughs> like... In my, I've almost got myself to believe it, like, uh, like a Mandela effect that it actually happened. Where, <laughs> you basically, yeah, when she gets her period, uh, men make fun of her for being like a bitch or whatever. But then she turns into a werewolf, and I don't know if it's progressive or not. Hmm. I'm either thinking like it's an early two thousands movie. Yeah. And they're trying to say a message, but it didn't work. Uh, that's yeah, that's kind of what I'm feeling. I think I feel like this would be on. They would probably do this on the podcast. How did this get made? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm. You know what, Steve? Go and make it. All right. Okay. Go now. All right. I'll be back. I'll wait. Um, I also like in that clip that uh, Homer, just just the acting, the, the dialogue, and the lines mm-hmm. of like Homer is like, "No, I'm an adult." <laughs> All right, I, I don't have a bike. I have a car. I yeah. don't go play at the nuclear plant. I work there because I'm an adult. <laughs> I really like the dynamic of the two of them. I mean, I know that Homer's being really immature, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But in a way of like, he's also acting like an adult. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> know. <laughs> he's not stooping to the child humor. Yeah. Did you notice that uh, Calvin's wearing a, a Doctor Who shirt? He's got a TARDIS. Yeah. It's a nice little touch. He's a real Cor- dork. Of course, that nerd would wear, <laughs> be a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. Ask him what his favorite doctor is. He's like, Ugh, I like number six. Not even one of the new ones. Who was yeah, six, number six? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think there was uh, Clive Owen. <laughs> number Clive <six>. Owen. Okay. <laughs> no, Clive Clive Barker. No, Clive <laughs> Baker. Clive Davis. Is that a one? Clive, I know it's Clive something. Yeah. Sour Cream and Clive. All right. When I have to look up Doctor Who's. That could be another show that we make is uh, the band The Who we all become doctors and they work in the hospital. <laughs> Roger Daltrey can work in pediatrics. Colin Baker. It's not even a Clive. Uh, Colin Baker. Yeah, he was the sixth doctor. Okay. Yeah, he would like Colin Baker. Yeah. Steve, who's your favorite doctor? Demento. They're going to say Acula. Acula is good too. All right. uh, But fun clip all together, Steve. Yeah. So as Homer's butt nears Calvin's face, Calvin grabs the fossilized jaw of a shark and uses it to bite Homer's foot. Calvin is offended. He invited Homer into his room where he keeps his artifacts. But then he declares war on Homer, calling him a butt brain. So the battle begins with Homer flushing the toilet as uh, Calvin showers. Uh, Calvin responds by dropping a stuffed alligator over the shower curtain as Homer bathes. Uh, This is all happening in a montage. Uh, On a bike ride, Calvin's handlebars fall off, causing him to crash. Uh, Homer watches behind a tree, uh, wrench in hand. Then later, Homer's driving down the road and his steering wheel breaks off and he crashes into a chestnut tree. (laughs) I'm assuming it's a chestnut tree. Yeah. And Calvin walks away carrying that wrench. They're like straight pretty much converted those people. Yeah. And not just themselves, other people, especially with the car. Yeah, it's very dangerous. So the feud continues with Calvin walking up to find his hand in a bowl of water to induce urination. Homer's trying to prove that he is a bedwetter. Mm-hmm. Pants wetter. So Homer then wakes with uh, antlers glued to his head with a uh, glue that's just for antlers. Mm-hmm. Homer gets caught up in some hanging lights and then falls unable to lift uh, uh, through the door. Yeah, there's a fun little montage there. Oh, yeah. I like the one to one. 
We then go to Martin Brintz, who is uh, dropped off in front of his house. The future Mrs. Muntz, Mr. Muntz, uh, tells his mother that pickup time is at noon the following day and not to come a moment sooner. As the car drives off, Martin speaks under his breath, hoping his mom doesn't look back. Once the car is out of sight, Martin runs to the Springfield Retirement Castle and to room 2A, where he finds the ultimate sleepover experience. Welcome to our pop-up sleepover. Do you have the birthday gift? One $25 gift card. <laughs> Take off your shoes. We have unlimited bed jumping. <laughs> I never felt so alive! We got PG-13 movies, rated M video games. What if mother calls? We got Millhouse in the closet standing by. Guy's a pro. Oh, hello, Wendell's mom. Yes, I will remind him to wear his night guard because I am another parent. Love you! Please, take a moment. We did this. You did this. <laughs> I am Lisa, bringer of fun, driest of blankets. She did it, Steve. She did it. <sighs> Steve, were you ever a bed jumper? I had a phase jumping on beds. How old? 27. Yeah, I don't think I was much of a bed jumper. I remember what I'd do is I'd like stand on the bed and try and fall without my hands catching. Oh, okay. I did like a reverse like trust fall on myself and I failed. <laughs> and you broke your neck and died. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah. Um, I probably did that too. I can't recall. I can't recall much of my childhood. Is it because you fell off the bed so many times? <laughs> yeah. A lot of head trauma in my childhood. Yeah. A lot of head trauma in my childhood. <laughs> a lot of head trauma in my childhood. Yeah, and I mean. I had a lot of head trauma in my childhood. <laughs> But, you know, I had a lot of head trauma in my childhood. I had a lot of head trauma in my childhood. But, you know, I had a lot of head trauma in my childhood. So at the party, Bart and uh, Lisa. The classic comedy rule of eight. <laughs> well, Steve, I had head trauma as a child. <laughs> so at the party, Bart tells Lisa to take a moment to look around to see what uh, they, nay, she has accomplished. So Wendell laughs and enjoys some Buzz Cola with his cupcake and Lewis and Richard jump on the bed. Uh, Nelson is frightened by a, a chainsaw welding maniac on TV. Martin blasts uh, Uter with his Nerf gun. Oh. Uh, Lisa is the bringer of fun and the driest of blankets after all, Steve. That's right. I like that they just they only got PG-13 movies. They're going to see like a boob and hear one fuck. This is this is what's at the retirement castle. So maybe they don't want uh, radar for the old people. Right. I'll keep them up all night. Homer is giving Calvin and his uh, latest taxidermy project a ride. The project, which uh, displays a pelican with a fish in its mouth, bounces in the back seat. Calvin complains about Homer's driving, which results in Homer swerving to hit every bump. Homer then brags about his fictional financial situation. I make a million dollars a year. Did you know that? No, you don't. Oh yeah. Then why do I have a ton of DVDs? What's a DVD? Ugh, your car smells like fried chicken. No, I smell like fried chicken. Can you breathe through your mouth? Your nose is squeaky. The DVD joke. <laughs> like, yeah. if I'm a millionaire, then why do I have so many DVDs? 
It's also funny. What's the DVD? <laughs> People buy physical media because if you don't, it'll go away. And if you own something on digital, it doesn't mean you actually own it. Yeah. I'm Whatever like... streaming service, if you have the Voodoo or even the, you buy it on Amazon Prime or your iTunes, they mm-hmm. can take it away. You'll never get your money back and that movie or whatever TV show will be gone. Same, uh, same goes with video games, too. All about the physical media. That's why I'm sad that the DVDs of Simpsons aren't going to be released anymore. That is a bummer. It's a good collection item. Because I really do feel like 4K Blu-rays are probably the end. I don't think they're going to do 8K Blu-rays. I don't I don't think I think this is it. Wow. That's it's just crazy to think about. Because eventually we'll just be all digital. Mm-hmm. Digitally delicious. But thank God for other like torrents and stuff like that. So you pretty much anything is readily available, even if yeah. like you didn't own it in your digital library. You could there's ways to get it. There's always a way. Yes. Thanks, Jeff Goldblum. Uh all right. So Homer and Calvin arrive at uh the second life taxidermy who uh have a sign there, a slogan says uh it's stuffy in here. <laughs> uh, inside a dead animal or just creates the scenes of mice riding bikes on uh, high ropes and then another sews fur onto a buffalo while yet another there recreates an emu. So then it's like hipster teachers impressed with Calvin's work, but wonders how the pelican would have access to a freshwater fish. I noticed that too. I'm like, why is there a freshwater fish there in that pelican's mouth? Yeah, it's clearly a rainbow trout. Yeah. Calvin explains that uh, that's the joke, you know? And then uh, the instructor and him, uh, they share a laugh. Uh, Homer mocks them sarcastically, saying that it's so funny to murder innocent water birds. And then Calvin calls Homer a ding-dong, saying the bird died of natural causes. Calvin explains that he has a network of park ranger friends who save dead animals for him. (laughs) Homer is so glad to see that uh, Calvin isn't a psychopath. Just a weirdo. It is weird to have a network of people who save dead bodies for you. I call that the grocery store. (laughs) Hey, that's true, I guess. Accurate. And funny. Calvin goes on to say that his piece was inspired by Abe describing his time in the war. Calvin finds uh, Grandpa's stories to be very cool, but also disturbing. Homer finds his father's stories meandering and pointless. He then storms off to Moe's, where people know what boring is, like listeners of this podcast. Uh, At the bar, Homer and his pals compare their first jobs. And it's not just taxidermy. Calvin's got a million creepy hobbies. And my dad thinks they're all great. When I was his age, I was cleaning pool covers from below yeah going house to house with my scrub brush and speedo i stuck googly eyes on shells and sold them at the beach till my dad told me to knock it off because people would think i was a freak yeah my pop also told me to lay low literally we were grave diggers we took turns sleeping in open graves <laughs> nothing builds character like waking up to a coffin being lowered on top of you to unprocessed trauma no, poor Lenny under the pool cleaning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably almost drowning. Yeah. But all those uh all those people hired him just to see him in his sexy, sexy speedos, right? Yeah. Oh <laughs> Lenny, you so sexy. Where's the uh, Lenny and Speedo action figure? Playmates needs to get out right on that or whomever. It was Playmates. Yeah. Randy and Brandy from nineteen eighty seven. Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> that was a play gal. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh wait, and... they... yeah, playgirls from yeah. As a kid, I was like, I never understood that. Like, Playboy has the ladies, but Playgirl has the men. As very like, confusing. The other? Yeah. But my dad would only give me Playgirl, so. <laughs> he said, read this, boy. And have a frosty milkshake. Something's frosty, Dad. <laughs> Ain't my milkshake. Well, maybe it is. <laughs> I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> I don't know why little Craig talks like this. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, remember watching the Life with Louie cartoon uh-huh. with Louie Anderson? Like, why is it when he little Louie he talks like this, but then when he's an adult, he talks like like his dad. Right. <laughs> like That's his voice, point. his voice was low when he was a kid, but then when he had puberty, it it went up. <laughs> yeah, he went through reverse puberty. Yeah, to the point where he was Zach Galifianakis's mother, and then and then he died. Yeah. R.I.P. But- Louie. Anderson. Rest in peace. Uh, that was a bummer of a cartoon. Yeah, I liked it. I, I watched it as a kid. Why was it a bummer, though? I don't know. It just kind of depressed me. Like, I watched it, too, and I liked it. But the dad was so mean and just the life seemed so sad. I mean, uh, Louis Anderson has, you know, spoken or had spoken about his life many times. Like, he had a horrible childhood. Yeah. You're right, because they're taking his horrible childhood and trying to make it some light of it. Now, was Bobby's World also based on, like, Howie Mandel's childhood? Per- yeah, probably. All right, new idea for a cartoon. Okay. Get a bunch of comedians together. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're going to travel around the country <laughs> trying to fix uh, kids' lives so they don't become depressed and comedians in the future. <laughs> I <laughs> so like fix this. broken homes. You got Bill Burr, who did F is for Family, which, you know, yeah. again, about his horrible childhood. Wow. Yeah. In, you... in a sense, isn't isn't The Simpsons about Matt Groening's childhood in a way? Yeah, it is. So it's comics saving kids from being future comics. Yeah. And the whole reason is like they don't want competition, right? But you could have the whole like former like because you have your Howie Mandel, you got your uh, Bill Cosby's, Bill Cosby, you got Roseanne. She had a cartoon. Did she have a cartoon? Yeah, Little Rosie, or is that Rosie O'Donnell? Uh, they that those are both things. I think. Yeah. So Rosie O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time to figure out who the villains are, Steve. You said Bill Cosby, Roseanne Barr, <laughs> yeah. Rosie O'Donnell. I said Bill Burr, Howie Mandel. Uh, yeah. Nick Kroll. Oh yeah, because he's the episode, or he Big Kroll does the uh, masturbating one. What's it called? Big Mouth. Is that what all they do on the shows? Masturbate. Pretty much. I watched yeah. one episode. There's this little weird kids jerking off. And he didn't like it. I don't like watching the kids jerk off. You know, I like uh, the adults jerking off. Yeah, some people have less uh, refined taste. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Uh, yeah. Wow. I remember like early in 2000s, uh, Howard Stern always was talking about he was going to make the Howard Stern High School Years cartoon. That's funny they never did that and of course he always t- bitches about his childhood uh now you have chris delia just playing himself mm-hmm. looking for kids that's right i mean louis ck should be a villain <laughs> oh uh joe rogan yeah all right uh, enough of coming up with other cartoons see let's go back to this cartoon Alrighty. <laughs> i just had to say joe rogan and it gets me back on track yeah it's like your safe word yeah in the hallways of Springfield Elementary, Sherry and Terry are uh, delighted that Lisa would wave back at them. As Lisa writes furiously in her notepad, Bart counts up the hall from the sleepover. The party was a hit, and they have the room for one more weekend. He plans on becoming a gift card thousand heir, but uh, Lisa wants to reinvest into the next party. With a sucker in her mouth, Lisa shares her big plans. Face painters, walk around SpongeBob, and one of those pools you can surf in. I want one of those pools I could surf in. Sounds like a lot of fun. Lisa unwraps another sucker, but then Bart asks if she's chain-sucking lollipops. Lisa says that uh, she just needs a little something because she didn't sleep much the previous night. She was busy pricing uh, mashed potato stations. Is that a thing? It is. I looked it up. They, They do them at weddings sometimes. Is it just like their stations like, okay, here's like the sour cream and chive mashed potatoes. Here's your classic buttery potatoes. Here's your bacon and cheddar potatoes. Or is it just like flat out, like just a heap of like plain mashed potatoes. And then you, it's like a Sunday bar. You like put your toppings on. Like I want. It's more like that from what I, from what I found. Yeah. So you'd have like bacon and sour cream and green onions. And so 
what you're saying is you regret uh, your reception at your wedding now because you yeah. want you want this. I'm gonna have to get a divorce now. <laughs> and then but we'll you'll, still re- you'll still remarry Laura, right? Yeah, of course. But with a potato bar this time. Holidays are coming up. I mean, well, obviously, yeah. I don't know why we're talking about potatoes. We ate so many tonight because of so this, full. this Thanksgiving here. Yeah. Right. But uh, it's not a bad idea. I like this idea of a mashed potato steak. I, I would do, you know, your basic. Uh, do we just do? I would do all like Yukon Golds. Yeah, that's a good That's a good one. But do you, would you yourself, would you mash them up with already the cream and butter in it? Or you just do straight up plain mashed taters? Like I, I still got to do butter and cream in mine. You have to, uh, I think. Yeah, I think so. But there might be people that would be allergic to dairy. So yeah, you, you could have a, it's just a dry mashed potato because then you got to start working it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess then you to get your own butter and, and do it because I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a heavy cream and butter in my mashed potato guy. Yeah, me too. I've even done sour cream. I, like, yeah, I've done it too. Uh, I'm not a big fan though. No, yeah. You can also use Greek yogurt. That works too, yeah. Hmm. But I need that richy creaminess. Because mm-hmm. the way I just make mash, I I boil it with garlic cloves and then I use heavy cream and butter. Yeah, that's all you need to do, really. But I'm saying like maybe do that and then have like some dry ones for some people. Maybe have some uh, sweet potatoes mashed up too. Uh, that's an option. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's have a let's have a potato party, Steve. Already. I know. I know a good day for that. All right. March seventeenth. Yeah, <laughs> March seventeenth. <17th. laughs> we'll watch episodes of Conan O'Brien. Uh huh. Darby O'Gill and the Little People. <laughs> Drink some Guinness and uh, root for Notre Dame. Yeah, that's right. Because they're French, but yet they're Irish. Irish. Weird. <laughs> um, Bart warns his sister that in the uh, non-weekend world, you have to have a bedtime. But Lisa doesn't want to live in a non-weekend world. The only They only have one more chance to uh, scroll their name across the slumber party sky, and Lisa will sleep when she's nine. I think if she had uh, Calvin's uh, creepy German puppet, she would get nine sleep, Steve. It's true. <laughs> Nine sleep. Yeah. Uh, so Homer then steps into Calvin's room and finds the boy's uh, jughead hat hanging on his bedpost. Uh, he puts on the hat and looks in the mirror and he gets on his knees and mocks Calvin, saying that he's little but uses big words. And then Abe walks by and offers some sweet, loving encouragement to his son. Oh, that's nice of Abe. Yeah. Son, I know it's hard sharing a room with someone so uh, different than you, but you've handled it with grace and maturity. Anyway, I just wanted to say I'm so proud of you, Calvin. <gasps> oh, ah, I can't see a thing with these glaucoma drops. <sighs> he thinks I'm Calvin. Look at how he looks at him. He never looked at me that way. Are you okay, kid? You seem kind of quiet. It's just I've never heard you say you were proud of me ever in my entire life. What are you talking about? I say that to you all the time, Calvin. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Grandpa thought it was Calvin. Those glocky drops, man. <sighs> I could go over some glocky drops right about now. Yeah. Just so I can stop looking at you. That's all. Yeah, I get it. I don't like it. I don't like my, I don't like mirrors. Uh, our final act of the evening begins with Homer sitting underneath a tree. Calvin kneels out to him, calling him a villain and telling him not to harm the birdhouse since the nuthatches did nothing to Homer. Uh, Homer just lets out a sad sigh and says that his father kisses the butt that Calvin walks on. Uh, Homer would understand if Calvin was great at sports or fixing cars or demolishing things. But Calvin's just a weird kid, which uh, Abe usually hates. At least he sure seemed to hate Homer. I mean, who doesn't hate Homer at this point? Yeah. Uh, Calvin tells Homer that uh, Abe doesn't hate him. 
Uh, but Homer has his doubts. He looks at his watch and sees that uh, there's 10 minutes until Abe's eye uh, drops wear off. They head uh, back to the house where Homer instructs Calvin to portray him. So Homer puts on his one of his own shirts on Calvin and then takes a Pikachu hat and folds it the ears down to resemble the uh, the hairs on Homer's head. And Homer calls for his father and hides behind a chair. Dad, do you have a second? Dang it, Homer! Do you think I'm made of seconds? I was in the middle of a very important word-find puzzle. I was about to find the longest diagonal of my career. Now, what do you want? Um, I, I... Uh... You, 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 you nothing! Wow, that was harsh. Do you ever tell him how he makes you feel? Kinda. I stuck him in the worst nursing home I could find. Figured he'd read between the lines. I think you need to find a new way to express your feelings. It might need to be more than just words. But my way with words be my best Mothma call it. Aww. You'll figure out a way to get through to your dad. You just need to put on your thinking cap. Abe really hates Homer. It's true. So sad. His words are his best Mothma call it. <laughs> Back at the retirement castle, things may be getting out of hand. Bart, with his uh, face painted like a dog, steps out of his sleepover just as Lisa arrives with a first aid kit. Lisa, with her face painted like a kitty cat, explains that she needed a mandate to tend to Lewis, who got stabbed with a uh, juice box straw. Bart tells Lisa that someone fed the pony Pop Rocks and it kicked over the TV. Now the pony's poop is popping. The climbing wall collapsed onto the ro reptile rodeo, and now there are loose tails everywhere. Uh, so then Lisa tries to throw a party, but the party threw her. Despite Bart's warning, Lisa makes a call to blow the whistle on the out-of-control party. Uh, Chief Wigan arrives at the retirement home, and the party is shut down. So the kids are packing up. Lisa worries that all the kids will hate her, and uh, Chief Wigan agrees. But uh, Lisa sits in the cop car to dump the uh, churro sugar out of her shoes, and Steve's face is underneath those shoes because he loves churro dust <laughs> from shoes. <laughs> yeah. But then their classmates see her. Sherry O'Terry and Jamie assume that Lisa's been under, she's been put under arrest because she's paying the ultimate price for throwing the ultimate party. So they call her a hero. And Lisa shuts the door in the cop car and bargains with Wiggum that if he drives her home with the siren on, they've got a freezer full of Snickers. So <laughs> Chief Wiggum just kind of obliges and then speeds off, <laughs> blasting the siren. And then Nelson runs out uh, shouting to, uh, to Lisa to make sure that she calls a lawyer. <laughs> I think it's funny that she called the cops. Because they weren't really doing anything wrong. They're drinking no. soda. <laughs> I mean, technically, if the room's paid for, they're all fine. Yeah. Like they, they lied just... to their parents, but who cares? Just Lisa. She's the only one that cares. Yeah. It would have been fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess they would have been like the cleanup of all the horse shit would have been, yeah. been bad. But she yeah. is a narc. Whose blanket is dry now, Lisa? <laughs> not yours. At the Shelbyville Inn, a banner welcomes taxidermists and informs the public that it is not a furry convention. At the Fur, Feathers, and Fish Taxidermy Awards inside, Calvin's instructor is impressed by all of the work. A judge is equally impressed by her work, a mother possum digging through a Krusty Burger bag as her baby possums sit on her back. Calvin recognizes the work as a blistering indictment of American consumerism. The judge appreciates the middle Joey, who is uh, looking in the opposite direction, as if imagining a different future. They discuss the subtleties of the work, and later, the winners are about to be revealed. Just then, Homer bursts into the room. Strange men with an object hidden under a pillowcase? Come on up! I want to see this! I was told to find a new way to communicate. My stepbrother, Calvin, expresses his feelings through taxidermy. So I decided I would do the same. That's not taxidermy, you idiot! But it's very deep and sad. 
the small shell pleading with its eyes to the larger one. It is clearly about a son's need for his father's approval. What? It's just two smelly shells glued on a board. Abe, look at it. Really look at it. Hmm. What these shells are saying? Is that how you feel? You seem to love being a dad to Kelvin, but you hated being a dad to me. <laughs> it's all making sense to you. That's why Homer is the way that he is. Yeah. Sad. All right. Well, Abe explains to Homer that uh, when he was born, being a dad felt like the end of his youth. But with Calvin, it's his last chance to be young. So Homer finally gets it. No matter how old Abe gets, it's only ever been about what he needs. <laughs> uh, it wasn't because Homer was a bad kid. Abe was just horribly flawed. Uh, Homer and Abe hug, and the judge declares that uh, another family has been saved by taxidermy. <laughs> uh, he then requests that they rush things along since the room will be used 20 minutes by the uh, massage table expo. Oh, boy. You know, I like this kind of like message in a way of like, I get it. Like if you're young and you have a kid, you know, for the next 18 years, presumably. Yeah. You've lost that youth like that. So I think if I were to be a parent, I think the older I get, I think the more mature I get, like it, it could, it makes more sense. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Because like especially now that we're living older, mm -hmm. that uh, why not, you know, do your 20s, 30s, be selfish and then. You know, we can, we're easily able for the next, from like age 40 to the next 18 years, you can easily, you know, it's not like we're old men, like, well, oh, my back, you know. Yeah. I can't do this, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, that, it seems to be like, yeah, you, you have more time to fuck around and then, you know, discover who you really are. Is it youth is wasted on the young, right? Is that yeah. what you say? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, good message there, guys. That's right. So uh, credits begin to roll, but so many questions remain unanswered. Will, yes. Abe and, will Abe and Blythe uh, stay together? Will Calvin be a recurring character? Are Homer and Abe finally at peace with each other? Let's find out. So, Blythe dumped me for a guy she says is a better spiritual match for her. Also, he's super rich and can eat corn. He's taken Calvin to Africa to study animals in their natural habitat. I'll miss that little scamp. But you know, I'm glad you and I are finally communicating. I love you, son. Anyway, call me back. Your dad left you another message. Eh, it's probably just a butt dial. And there it is, Steve. Do you think uh, Calvin is in the same uh, area that uh, the Simpsons went to in Africa? Maybe. I also think that uh, when he's there, he's going to go to a gift shop and he's going to buy a stuffed animal, maybe a tiger. And his whole life will change into a world of imagination because he's going to name that tiger Hobbs. Oh, I get it now. I was like, where are you going with this? Oh, we finally got a Calvin and Hobbs joke in. That's a way to end this episode, right? Yeah, Craig, why don't we uh, take a break and uh, think about what we just saw, and we'll return and talk about it. We'll be right back. All righty, Craig, uh, it's time to finish up our discussion on this episode, Stepbrother from the Same Planet. We'll talk about the things that uh, made us laugh, our favorite MBJ, and uh, what we thought of the episode, and... Uh, what we're going to watch next week, but before we do all of that, it's the holiday season, and uh, that uh, brings to mind gifts. So I thought we could share some gifts. And uh, for you, Craig, I didn't want to, of course, give you the any sort of taxidermied animal because they're not for you. Again, Thanks. folks, if it's uh, your thing, more power to you. So, <laughs> Craig, I thought I'd get you uh, one of those cool pools that you can surf in. 
I like how we're trying to make sure we don't offend anybody, especially people that are into taxi driving. Like, oh, don't. Let's not, not alienate those people. <laughs> well, it's because they'll cut out your organs and stuff you full of stuff. Yeah. And we live in Oregon. We yeah. don't want Oregon cut out of Oregon. No. Put the gun um, in Oregon. I Well, thank you for this pool. Uh, I know just where I can put it. Great. Up your ass. Hang in. So, uh... I was going to be a jerk and get you a taxi to read uh, <laughs> everything, but I'm not going to. I got a couple ideas. You know, your gift will be a uh, a puppet. It's going to be the scary German puppet that's in Calvin's oh, room. Wow. Yeah. And uh, for the fun of it, I'm going to give you a t-shirt too. Okay. It just says Lisa Simpson with a colon. Party dark. I like it. Well, I'll give you a shirt too. I'll give you Calvin's uh, TARDIS shirt. I already have a Doctor Who TARDIS shirt. Why don't I need another one? That's a fair point. They should be okay. down. <laughs> Although it looks like they're pajamas. So I could use Dr. Who pajamas. So there you go. Right. Uh, so Craig, uh, what uh, made you laugh in this episode? I got to say, uh, Lenny, of course, with his uh, pool cleaning underwater and his beetle made me laugh. Mm-hmm. I think Homer, kind of the bratty adult to a kid, was very fun. Mm-hmm. But I am going to give my MVJ. Although the you know it's not really a joke, but the performance that Melissa McCarthy gave as Calvin, I think it's probably my favorite Melissa McCarthy performance of all time. One hundred percent. I thought the voice that she put on was great. Yeah, I thought she played the voice of like a little Poindexter kid perfectly. I forgot about her in this episode several times because I was just so engrossed in the character and the voice. I think uh, I was I was a little disappointed that of course uh, Carol Kane wasn't. Used as much. I said that in the episode, but I thought yeah. uh, I thought Melissa McCarthy is great. So I'm giving I'm giving Calvin the MVJ. Wow, I completely agree with you on that. I think that her performance was amazing, and I really enjoyed the dynamic between her or him and Homer, Calvin and Homer. Um, I really like the scene in the car about how Homer makes a million dollars and has DVDs. Um, I also like when they're in the bedroom and he says, uh, "Stop squirming around so I can fart in your face." That's fun. Um, and the, and the uh, I don't have a bike. I have a car, and I don't yeah, play exactly. at the nuclear power plant. I work there. Yeah, yeah. All those like the car scene, and then also the montage was great too. The montage was very well crafted, and uh, so yeah, I, I think that I'm going to give my MBJ also to Calvin just because. Uh, it was a really fun driving force of the episode, and uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, but, Craig, what did you think of the episode all in all? I thought it was interesting. You're taking the premise of parents of children who are either divorced or remarry or seen someone else, and they have a kid, and you know, eventually maybe they might become step siblings. So they've never really played off of that, and that's a huge part of the population of the world too. You know, is, is mm-hmm. kids with divorced parents or. Not just divorced, but kids lost uh, one of their parents. But, you know, dealing with step siblings, which is I know this is true that it's very common in the United States because it's very popular on a lot of websites about step brothers and step sisters. I don't know what yeah. this is about, but I know this is a big issue. Seems like they get along. OK, <laughs> yeah. Again, I, I don't know what I'm referencing, Steve, but maybe you do. I I don't know. So I like how they do this. I mean, they could have easily we've talked about how like a lot of like stories, they'll just take that kind of subject, but then put a different Simpsons character. Like last week, it was uh, Duffman, right? Right, right. But I like how they could have easily done um, Millhouse and, and Millhouse's parents are broken up again. And maybe his dad or, you know, another character is seeing a different person. They could have had that dynamic. But I think it works well with Homer doing it. And I, I'm putting this this premise of the story, like, you know, when we talk about the synopsis last week's episode to this week, and it's kind of like a... Well, it just seems silly. And then the whole Lisa subplot of like just 
want to throw a party, a slumber party. Mm-hmm. It seems out of place, but it didn't. Yeah. It felt very much like Lisa just, she wasn't really breaking a law like we've mentioned. So it was kind of harmless. And I think the fact that she wasn't breaking any rules, but the way she acted like a like a hustler with, yeah. with the with the uh, lollipops and stuff, it was a nice touch. And the fact that, you know, I went to a dark place with Calvin and was like wanting something more from Homer, but in reality, that character just wants to be, have a friendship. Yeah, exactly. It's fun seeing Homer not being such a dumbass either. Or like, just like, he's a jerk ass, but he's not really stupid. Yeah, I agree. It's just his jealousy. And you can see where that's coming from. Because if you put that, if you put yourself in Homer's shoes, uh, uh, you know, not getting the love and attention that he never got from his father. But mm-hmm. at the end message was like, Abe's the fucked up one, not right. you. He's Yeah, he's an asshole. And I think as kids, you assume your parents are infallible, you know, that they know the right answers. But in reality, they're just stupid humans like each and every one of us. Yeah, nobody knows what they're actually doing. And no one does. Kind of a jerk. Yeah. And uh, if it gets over that, then uh, everyone will be happy. So I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. Character guest stars, Melissa McCarthy and Carol Kane were great. And I enjoyed, of course, the the B story of the kids just being kids. Mm -hmm. I love that. And uh, I give this episode, I recommend it. It holds up there for me. I would watch it again. And and uh, I, I, perhaps I will in the future, of course. Very nice. Um, if I gave this a ranking, uh, well, of course, there's the taxiderm squirrel. Probably an eastern gray squirrel, it looks like it. <laughs> uh, did you know that the eastern gray squirrel, usually uh, the life expectancy in the wild is two years because that's, if you think about like the predators, like hawks, owls, coyotes, bobcats, especially around here, snakes, mm-hmm. and then also cars. But there has been a recorded lifespan for gray squirrels to live about 12 years. But it has also been reported that squirrels in captivity can live up to 20 years. Whoa. Let's uh, let's rank this out of 20, Steve. I'll give this episode uh, the age of consent for squirrels, 18. It's good that they're <laughs> keeping it. Well, that sucks if they only live to be 20. <laughs> Fine. But yeah, I'll give it 18 it, out of 20. No, that's a great score. It's a fun episode. It's so kid-forward. Bart and Lisa being just true kids and even like Homer to an extent being kind of childish while also being an adult. I think it goes in a direction that I didn't expect it, w- it would because when you were describing the uh, the Grifter plot line, I could see that in my head and I could see that being a great episode. Uh, but the fact that they didn't do that and they went kind of a sweeter, more innocent way was a lot of fun. And yeah, Melissa McCarthy is just a standout performance. Her voice was so good and the character was so interesting. It's kind of a sad character because... Who knows what their background was, but they get adopted at some point and then, you know, get to cultivate their own life and they get all these special interests that nobody really can relate to. So they're kind of a loner. So then they get the prospect of having a big brother, essentially. And then the brother kind of hates them. Here's my new theory. Yeah. Before he died, he uh, had a lady friend and got her pregnant, but then he was killed. And uh, Calvin's really his son. The man I'm talking about, of course, is Frank Grimes. Frank Grimes is Calvin's father. Wow. But anyway, this episode was light and fun, and I really enjoyed it. I like the callbacks, too. I was going to say that, you know, Homer mentioned the shells that he would glue googly eyes on as his first job, and that's what he made in for the taxidermy thing. And there was another really nice tight callback, too, that I, and I'm not recalling at the moment, but it was just a really well-written episode. So if I had to give this a number out of a score, I'm going to say that the uh, CBS sitcom Mike and Molly featured Melissa McCarthy and ran for 127 episodes. So I'm going to give this a 113 out of 127. Uh, Mike and Molly, that was your favorite. Oh, yeah, it was so good with her and uh, Billy Gardell as playing Mike Biggs and Reno Wilson as Officer Carl McMillan. What was your favorite episode? Oh, that's got to be, if I had to pull off the top of my head, um, I'd say of those 127 episodes, I got to go season three, episode two, Vince takes a bath. 
<laughs> is that really an episode? Yeah, yeah, because when Vince throws out his back, Joyce conveniently disappears like she always does, oh. leaving Mike and Molly to care for him. Meanwhile, the newlyweds struggle to write personalized thank you notes for their wedding gifts. Sounds like a hoot. Steve, Classic. are we going to be doing a Mike and Molly podcast? <laughs> yes, that. I think we will. It'll be on the Patreon. Ugh, I don't like sitcoms. Yeah. I like sitcoms, but I don't like sitcoms, you know? I completely understand, yeah. You guys get where I'm talking about. Yeah. There's Once... only been a handful of good sitcoms. Yeah, and especially in the past like 10 or 15 years. Mostly at sitcoms on CBS. Yeah, the traditional three camera, yeah, laugh track, kind of Chuck Lorre-esque. <laughs> There we go. Let's just say Chuck Lorre's yeah. sitcoms. He's only written one good thing in his life, and that's the theme song to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. But one sitcom that we do like is The Simpsons, and uh, there's a new episode next week. And Craig, if you can guess what the title is, the entity known as the Will of Random will set us free. All right. So it'll be airing uh, the 27th of November of the year 2022. That's right. As you know, that's only a couple of days because we just finished Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. So it uh, won't be a Thanksgiving episode because that's in the past. The, uh, we're in the, the future, the Christmas we future. We are in the future. I think they're just going to go straight up and do a Christmas episode next week. Yeah, no time for uh, no time for uh, James Bond to die. It's the title. <laughs> no time to die. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It'll be uh, Snowball's Little Helper. Oh, Snowball's Little Helper. I like the title of that. I think we could have a lot of fun with that, but sadly, not quite the title of next week's episode, because that title is When Nelson Met Lisa. All right, so I got to give a synopsis of what I think this episode is going to be about. Yeah. Well, obviously, it's playing off the hit movie When Harry Met Sally that was from 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. So do a parody of that. There's going to be a scene where yep. Lisa's describing her orgasm to Nelson in a deli. Mm-hmm. I've been to that deli. Yeah. Did you do the Meg Ryan orgasmic scream? I did, but that's because the uh, pastrami sandwich was so good. <laughs> and then some lady's like, I'll have what he's having. A heart attack. <laughs> And she did. She died. Yeah. Poor lady. So, uh, okay. Well, I, I guess, I mean, it's too obvious, you know, it's going to be a flashback to when Nelson met Lisa. Like, uh, what would that even be? Like, uh, maybe they met when she was in first grade and he was mm-hmm. like, I'm all into young chicks. Gross. Nelson, don't be gross. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be a future. They're going to be adults and they're going to be married. I know we have that theory that Nelson and Martin get married, but they're never going to do it. So this is going to be the actual episode is Nelson's married to Lisa and they're they're pretty much just uh, telling their kids how I met your mother. And uh, there'll be flashbacks. So they're going to establish that Lisa and Nelson get married. Okay. And then the B story is uh, Bart throws a party at uh, Skinner's house. Alrighty. In, in the future. Of course. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't really say if you're right or wrong, because okay. here's what I have. A future tale of the will they, won't they, I guess they won't, maybe they will, of Springfield's most unlikely couple. So it seems to be that it's an adult, not an adult episode, an episode of them as adults. Uh, but that's kind of what I said. Yeah, exactly. So maybe you're right. Huh, that means after next week, we don't have to do the podcast ever again, if I'm correct. Perhaps, yeah, that seems to be the case. Big like- stakes. What a good way to end the podcast, too, on episode 200. Yeah, it's nice and round. <laughs> Just like our bellies. That's right, because we had so much Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Oh, too much. Steve, I'm going to have to poop and throw it up. Hopefully not simultaneously. I'll have to be the the uncle that falls asleep on the couch and just farts. That's me now. Yeah, the funkle. 
So much day drinking too. It's great. Mm-hmm. Is that the only reason we like the holidays? Is just it's it's fine to day drink. Yeah, it's it's like any other Thursday, but other people are joining you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, and I love our listeners even more than day drinking. Eh, it's fifty fifty, but I want to thank them for listening. And hey, if you want to contact us, go to whatever social medias are still around. Maybe Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, possibly this as yeah, this record. What do we do? Do we go to Hive? Do we go to Mastodon? What's everyone's thoughts on that, right? Yeah. Should we go to uh, Swingle? I think there's a an app for just uh, Taylor Swift fans. We could go there. There you go. I mean, a social media just for Swift fans. Yeah, it'd be very confusing, but we'd find an audience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're pretty much going to be bringing up Taylor Swift for the next few weeks, so. It's true. Well, in the meantime, we got those other ones. But uh, if you don't want to worry about social, there's one of the great ways to get to us on the internet is that the classic thing called email. Mm-hmm. It's uh, at one three at Simpsons at gmail.com. Or if you don't uh, want to do that, you can also drop us a line with your voice. Go to the podcasting app, open that up, scroll down. It says, I'll leave a voicemail. And you do that. That way there's no politics that way with the voicemail or the email. Just straight ahead. Go yeah. right. Talk to right at us. Yeah. And hey, leave us a review too. Uh, go to your favorite podcasting app. Leave us five stars of the equivalent. But you don't need to write a real review. But just what you'd bring to your ultimate sleepover. Also, money's cool. So uh, go to our T Public site, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys and buy a shirt or a uh, sweater or panties. Do they have panties yet? I think they're working on panties. Okay. For this week, I've been annoyed grunt boy Steve. And I've been annoyed grunt boy Craig. To unresolved trauma. And I'm a party dark who ruins everyone's fun. control.